we do this? Wow. <laughs> this is a show where we talk about Steven Spielberg <laughs> movies. Um, and it's our final episode. Yes. We are ending the show. Mm-hmm. And our lives. <laughs> I didn't tell you that part, Justin, but I feel like the show, our, I feel like we should end with the show. Right. So neither of us is leaving this room. Oh, well, I'm sorry to spring that on you. Yeah, well, I, I, I had a feeling I wouldn't be able to get you in I the room really, if I told you that. I was really wondering why you were boarding up the door. Yeah, that's so you can't get out once the gas starts to come in. You see, I really assumed that was just, oh, Emily's just making sure this is more soundproof. I'm, no, it's about it's about escape prevention. Um, I'm gonna start after we're done recording. I'm gonna start Jaws, oh, and I've okay. I've timed it so that <laughs> so that um, I don't know. The science is a little weird on this, but one of us is going to die when Quint dies. It's going to be random. I don't know which of us it's going to be. You know, actually, if I'm going to go out, yeah, that's actually not a bad way to go. Right? And like, the, other, the other one of us is going to die when the shark dies. That's fair. Yeah. Right? Listen, I that's love that. That's the way to do it. Listen, like, we both love that movie. Yeah. And if, like, if one of us dies when Quint dies, awesome. Yeah. And if one of us dies when shark dies, well, the movie's over. So, I mean, yeah, like, yeah. and then I'm dead. Or yeah. you're dead. So... <laughs> Smile, you son of a! And, and then we will be dead. Um, um, that's not. That was a goof. I'm gonna. I'm we're gonna not, no, we're we're we will live quite a while. Yeah. <laughs> I'm and Justin Kizan, the President Spielberg expert. Oh yeah, that part. <laughs> I'm Emily Schmemmel, your resident. Your resident. Um, resident. It's been a while. It's been a while. Well. Um, <laughs> I'm Emily Schmemmel, your resident Spielberg apatheticist. Uh, um, we have been a, away for a bit. A bit, yeah. I noticed that our last episode was in June. That was a time ago. <laughs> that was some time ago. Um, it's it's a bit of a while, and uh, yeah, we kind of got lost in these post Spielberg Spielberg <laughs> <laughs> in these post Spielberg um, directorial wastes. Does uh, that did that sentence make sense? I, actually, I can I can piece I can piece me what you're talking um, about. And it was kind of a. Cr- crazy july and august oh sure for, yeah for me um i was pretty busy with stuff that i didn't realize i was gonna take so much more of my time yeah um sometimes life uh gets in the way <laughs> if i can <laughs> if i can sort of remix that that catchphrase from a spielberg movie um so yeah but we're here now to mm-hmm. end the show yeah we do have a follow-up show planned i guess we should announce that now question mark would you do that at the end um, sure. Keep well, listening to the end to figure out what that follow-up yeah. show will be, but yeah. know that we will continue podcasting together. Yes, absolutely. It just won't be about Steven Spielberg yeah. anymore. No. Um, I guess to kind of, like, give a little context of how long we've been doing this. It's been, <laughs> it's, to quote ourselves from two seconds ago and the great band Stained, it's been a while. Yes. Um, our first episode dropped in 2014. That's, that's... That's not a real year. That is that's <laughs> that's a fake year. You made that up. That's prehistoric. <laughs> there are no written records from that long ago. And so there's no way a podcast from that long ago could exist. Surely no one was listening to podcasts in 2014. No. Uh we start we dropped on uh the dual episode in December. Wow. And we are counting this, we will be forty-eight episodes of the show. Yeah. Sorry, we couldn't just strike that sweet five zero, but no. uh, we're we're done. I mean, still, <laughs> we will probably um, come back when Spielberg another Spielberg directed movie comes we will, out. No, for sure. So we'll hit that five zero. That's true. I we'll, guess this isn't the final episode. It's just the final episode of this being a show that releases regularly. Yeah, let's let's clarify that. Yeah, yeah. and I think um, we are honor bound to cover all Spielberg movies until we die. Yeah, or he dies. Or he dies. I yeah. mean. Someone will die. <laughs> yeah, I guess if if somehow Spielberg posthumously releases a film, <laughs> I mean that has happened to people in the past. No, it's fair. Um, that's we will fair. cover that. So I guess it won't necessarily end with his death. Right. Um, it's just it's yeah. But right now, like like Emily said, this will be the last regularly scheduled yeah uh show uh until and well he does he's in this two a year thing again so that's possible yeah so we might we, yeah you're right we might hit that 50 yeah. by like next year yeah you know? <laughs> totally possible what's his next movie um he's still kind of it's interesting like i've been hearing rumors about possibly west side story being close oh, to yeah, reality that. um, um I forgot about that. and and you know how he is he tends to like do a bunch. <laughs> he, yeah. he tends to like say, "I'm going to do all these movies," and ends up doing like two of them yeah. after list of twenty. Yeah, like they they are threatening, <laughs> threatening with a fifth Indiana Jones. And yeah, I I have no idea how that's going to turn out. And you know, as a as a lover of the Star Wars prequels, mm-hmm. part of me wants a fifth Indiana Jones just because <laughs> like. 
you know, it's similar similar vibes, I would say. Um, I'm I'm now fair. looking at his IMDb page. Yeah, yeah, it's looking like West Side Story, and according to IMDb, it's not at all official. Um, Untitled Indiana Jones Project yeah. are his next two films. Okay, so we'll we'll see. I mean, Harrison. Also, untitled Ulysses S. Grant Project. Also, Untitled George Gershwin Project. A lot of untitled wow. like <laughs> projects. <laughs> two of them sound like weird biopics. Yeah, yeah, like up to very different, like. Uh, people in time period. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I feel like I'm just looking at his like his walls are yeah, the Gershwin project works, so the Ulysses S. Grant project works. What if those were the same movie somehow? Oh my what god! What if he found a way to tie those together? Hold on. <laughs> what if Spielberg made a movie that was about how George Gershwin was a reincarnated Ulysses S. Grant? <laughs> like he made like this is the thing that he believes is true, and he made a whole movie to put that theory out into the world. Like all the battles that Ulysses Grant yeah, yeah. leads into the music that Gershwin. Is yeah, like it's like a sort of thing, sort of almost like Slumdog Millionaire, where it's you see a George Gershwin song, and then it flashes back to the the moment in Ulysses S. Grant's life that inspired that song. <laughs> Well, that that would be a hell of a watch. I'm just gonna be. I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. point that out right now. <laughs> I would watch that movie for sure. <laughs> um, um, I don't. I think it's, that's probably not gonna happen. <laughs> no, no, it will probably be just a regular old Ulysses or S. Just Grant. Neither of those movies will happen. Or not. No. Yeah. But Spielberg, if you somehow finally start listening to our show, yeah, hear us out. I assume he's listening. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You yeah. always assume that. I think he has a Google alert set for his name, <laughs> um, and he reads everyone, and well, so he's seen. Um, he has seen this podcast, obviously. Uh, so, well, here's hoping yeah. then that the Spielberg has listened is listening right now and find out how much more we were hey. excited we were with a Ulysses S. Grant yeah, Gershwin yeah. movie. You can see the fan excitement in the room. <laughs> um, and hey, Stevie, if you're listening, yeah, I know what you. I know you heard what I said about ET and Catch Me If You Can. Come get it. What are we here to talk about today, though? Today we decided to go back to the beginning, much like. Huey Lewis and the News. Nice. Promoting Back to the Future. We're going back in time. <laughs> Sorry, we're not. We, we, we already did that. What if we up. did another four hours on Back to the Future? That's right possible. Now? We could. That's I possible. Mean, we didn't talk about two or three at all on our no, episode. No, we didn't. We did because one was four hours. <laughs> <laughs> How badly did you want the dehydrated pizza from Back to the Future, too? <laughs> I was so. Like, I, I just thought it was just cool that it just puffed up into a bigger pizza. Yeah, God, it was so good. Yeah. Have you ever recreated that pizza from Pizza Hut? Like, with the smaller version to the bigger version? No, I mean, just ordered a pizza that is half pepperoni, half green peppers, and eat it and feel like the McFly family. Never. No, and now I feel like I, sh- I, I <laughs> wasted my life not I, doing that till like right now. <laughs> I did do that on... Um, I can't. Why can't I remember the day now? It would, it would have been October. Uh, um, what day does Mario arrive in 2015? I, I Wait, for a what? long time I knew this, but now what was I, it was it October 21st? I want to say for what? I'm sorry. When Mario arrives in 2015. Oh, uh, October 15th. 15. Yeah. When that day hit, um, I I did order that pizza from Pizza Hut <laughs> to celebrate, and I ate it sadly alone. Oh. <laughs> um, but we're not here to talk about Back to the Future. Yeah. We're just going back in time, much no. like you listen to the when he was probably the phone. Um, stay on track. Um, yeah. <laughs> so stay we on target. Stay on target. But See, now we're talking Star Wars. Yeah. Well, we're not doing. Plus, I th- that's relevant. They're friends. <laughs> I know, but I think there's more than enough people out there talking about Star Wars. I wish that there weren't a million existing Star Wars podcasts so that I could have one. I really <laughs> wish that I could have a Star Wars podcast, but there's truly no reason to at there's, this point. There's like a trillion of them, and I think I can't yeah. listen to all of them. Um, yeah. Okay, no, joking aside. So we are we decided to go back to the. To an episode, honestly, we we've been kind of meaning to do. This has been this has been the last sort of big one that we needed to to bag. Yeah, yeah. And it felt appropriate that it was going to be the last one. Yeah. And uh, we are talking about his short film, mm-hmm. Amblin. Yes. Um, this was made in 1968. Yep. The namesake of his company, mm-hmm. Amblin Entertainment. Amblin Entertainment, and it's got a. Very interesting kind of history, but I'll kind of get to that after we talk about the film itself. But, okay. like, it is definitely uh, – the reason it's of note besides just he named his company after his mm-hmm. this short is the uh, the fact that he got a lot of attention for it. Yeah. And got hired uh, purely on what he showed in this short. Yeah. So, um, it's going to be a weird episode in that regard, too, because it's only 25 minutes. Yeah. That's uh, – it's – it's not really very strongly narrative or no. character driven or dialogue driven, but I mean, uh, I mean, before you even press play, what did you 
What were you expecting? Um, I so I didn't really know much about this before um, we decided to do this episode. I kind of read a little bit about it before I watched. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of had a you know basic idea of what it was. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I was kind of expecting it to be Spielberg, so it's it's, it's going to look good yeah. <laughs> and be sappy. And you know what? I don't think I was wrong in those expectations. That's not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For twenty five minutes. Of yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. Um, How about you? So had you seen it before? I've actually never seen it before. Okay. I I remember seeing clips of it in like Spielberg biopics and documentaries sure. and like. Um, you know, like I got like, okay, so there's gonna be a lot of like fl- literal flowery shots yeah. <laughs> and it will be, feel very sixties, early seventies. That's yeah. all I got out of it. Yeah. Um, in terms of what I knew beforehand, mm-hmm. um, I will admit that like, I was a little worried. It's strange. I was worried about the length. Sure. Cause I'm sitting there like 25 minutes of this. 25 minutes of Amblin. <laughs> <laughs> of Amblin. Uh. I, before I even press play, I was like, I, no, di- I know there's no dialogue too. So how, okay, well, yeah. here we go. Um, so the, the movie is basically, it's a, it's a non, it's, there's no dialogue in the short film and it's basically a story about, uh, a wandering young man mm-hmm. who meets another traveling young woman Yeah, and their kind of weird, uh, tale, they were kind of like journey of being hitchhikers yeah. to, uh, kind of becoming lovers until finally they get to their destination. Yeah. And it's just a lot of random stuff that happens between like the beginning and the end. Mm -hmm. Um, what about this? Does it feel like, okay, what? Cause you kind of felt like, I felt like you said it, you nailed it when it's like, it felt like it was going to be, it's going to look good. Yeah. And it's going to be very sappy. So what thing, what is like the best Spielberg thing here for you? Mm -hmm. And then, like, the most obviously bad Spielberg thing. <laughs> um, well, I guess, I, I, I don't know if there's a moment that sticks out as the um, most obviously bad Spielberg thing, but mm-hmm. I, I will say, overall, I, I, I did not really enjoy the film. That's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, sticking to, I'm, 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 I die as I live on this podcast. And there's as always... <laughs> not and liking a, Spielberg. And as always, I will always say, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think this movie feels like a very, um, I don't know. It feels like a, a sort of not not to be that bitch, but it's it, it feels like a sort of cynical uh, marketing of the hippie movement. Almost, it sure. feels like these are sort of young people. Like they smoke weed in the movie, which right. is like cultural perceptions of, of of weed is such a weird, interesting thing to me because it seems like for so long, it, it movies have treated it as this just this thing that is like accepted and no one has a problem with, but. Right. I mean, we've obviously seen that that's not the case in, in real life. Um, although there's an argument to be made that it's just a sort of tool to um, put not white people in prison. Um, <laughs> and that no one really has a problem with it. It's just the horse sort of handy for uh, white supremacists to do that. Right, right. But that's a very different discussion. But I'm not disagreeing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the point is, it just it, it feels like it's sort of like Spielberg saw that a sort of movement was happening. It was like, how, saw what, you know, what, how can I, what, what, what sort of slick little 25 minute package can I make? Um, that's about now as yeah. you know, what now was then. Yeah. Um, the most Spielberg eating, like I like when they're having the little contest to shoot the, I, were they, what, there was some kind of bean that were spitting. They were olives. They were olives. Yeah. Okay. yeah. They're spitting the olives. I, I like that scene. I think, I think it's it sort of, um, it's sort of light and fun in a way that Spielberg is really good at when mm-hmm. when he's good at it, um, yeah. when he doesn't go too far with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like the little sound effects they do when they spit them out, which are sort of um, silent filmy almost because they sound yeah. like they sound like a drum. They don't sound like people spitting. Yeah, true. Um, I, I I enjoyed that. I thought that was a very fun little scene. That also ends with like a weirdly dramatic moment. <laughs> <laughs> it ends with because she spits olives in his in the boy's face. Yeah. Um, and it's like it's like a, like it freezes on him and does like a dramatic like there's like a dramatic sting in the music <laughs> and it does a cut, um, which I guess um, a little foreshadowing of Spielberg's uh, being good at suspense when he wants to and, and Jaws and not much elsewhere. <laughs> I feel I'm with you on that scene actually. That is actually the the scene that really sticks out the most mm-hmm. with me. Yeah, it's like it's one thing to do like anyone with a with a good camera mm-hmm. could film landscape shots yeah. like. And make look and shoot really gorgeous like fields and roads. And I I don't know if this is um, 
me not knowing about cinematography or if he I, I don't know if he did have a good camera but a lot yeah. of these like oh this this looks like a cheap old camera because well, like there's a lot of shots where it's like oh this was the road for like a second but in the three seconds of the shot i mostly just saw like overexposure and whiteness well i mean i'm, I'm gonna also chalk the fact that the the quality of yeah. the copy that we watched may not have been the best true that's pro- <laughs> that was also probably part of it yeah um because there's a couple months when i don't think it was supposed to be that bright yeah <laughs> for sure but i will say um even when your iPhone, you can shoot a really nowadays. Even when your yeah, iPhone, yeah. you can shoot like a lovely like landscape shot. Yeah. So I don't think that's hard. Yeah. What works to me about the olive spitting scene mm-hmm. is the fact it's a moment of hey, this is kind of like you said, it's funny. That the energy's right. Yeah. And he the editing's really strong in it, mm-hmm. and it's building up the comedy beat with the tension and yeah. the et cetera. So I think there's a that's kind of part of the reason how I know the movie's better than say some usual student films I've sat through. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, my dog is looking at me through the mirror. Like oh my he, gosh. Like he was looking at me, and then he stood up, turned around, and started looking at me through the mirror, and it was the creepiest <laughs> shit. He's never done that. He's literally looking through you. With yeah. The- <laughs> yeah. Nucky, you weirdo. Maybe he was checking to make sure I wasn't a vampire. It's fair. It's like, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> Today. Yeah. Okay, you're still not a vampire. All right. But I'll check tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> that was so weird. Sorry. It's okay. Um. So, yeah. No, I feel like I sat through... Since I went to film school, I sat through my fair share of really bad student films. Yeah. And um, was this officially like a student film? This was something he made at Cal State it Long Beach? It does feel like it was a. He got a deal that he made it through mm-hmm. uh, another filmmaker. Uh, okay, let me pull up the. the yeah, let's get some history here. On the production of the film. So basically, he got uh, funding uh, of the film from the for the film. Oh gosh, help me out here, world. Where is this? <laughs> I got funding from someone. Yeah. Okay. Looking so he, up right at he the got moment. funding for it with a producer named Dennis C. Hoffman. Uh, the movie had about a fifteen thousand dollar budget, which back then probably was pretty big, yeah. even for a student film. Um, and like, it was an interesting situation because like this, the deal he made with this uh, producer is like, and who has apparently no producer experience, but he was mostly in the music industry. Um, he basically was like, okay, here's the deal. Um. Uh, go. I'll, I'll help you fund the. I'll get you move. I get the money for your film. Yeah. Um. You need to have. You're gonna have to use my band that I. I. You have, uh. One of the bands I manage. You have to use their song for the mm-hmm. opening credits for the opening of the film. Yeah. So Amblin, the title track, is done by the band October Country. Also, I guess he had this deal where like, uh, if if uh he was bound to what he called the Amblin deal. And so the Amblin for so basically Spielberg got no money. None of that money went to him for payment. Mm-hmm. So obviously all of it went to the budget and the cast and crew. Yeah. And uh, also with the deal with his producer, he was bound for ten years to direct any script selected by that that producer. Oh wow, um, that's crazy. If such a script was brought to Spielberg by the producer, that means that the script had if the producer had a script yeah. that he liked. Spielberg had to do it within that ten years. Wow. Um, Were any films produced as a result of that? It does clause? not look. It seemed like nah, nothing. Okay, interesting. Yeah, for this for this second film, Spielberg was to receive the payment of twenty five thousand uh, dollars of the profits after expenses if that second film came to be. Yeah. Which it seemed like, which I can imagine, that's a huge risk. Yeah. Spielberg did to, uh-huh. to get funding because he's like, what if this guy brings me garbage? Yeah. And I. <laughs> have to do it yeah but it seems like he lucked out yeah and the this producer never as far as i can tell n- didn't like interesting didn't pull up that deal and you kind I of also am- see that being enticing though like because it like Stuart doesn't necessarily know that amblin is going to get a lot of attention it's like mm-hmm. oh this is like a chance to work again perhaps right here's the thing if this was 1968 yeah 10 years 1978 yeah that meant like Jaws Spielberg. Yeah, that meant that this guy could have put the kibosh on Jaws because he could have just brought some bullshit to him. Right. No, yeah. it's kind of wild that like the guy never got anything. I'm gonna invent a time machine to go back and and have this guy put a stop to Spielberg <laughs> after Jaws. <laughs> um, because I still want Jaws to happen. But well, no fair. <laughs> but no, it, that's a crazy risky deal. Yeah, it is to have. But um, he was young and desperate, and he needed to make. The money? Wait, that sounds terrible. Hold on. <laughs> he was young and he needed to make sure. Yeah, he needed to get the funding for the film, and yeah. I get it. But, whoo! I mean, that's surprising. Yeah. Um, I for me, I will say the length of time was 
was my issue with the film. Yeah. Because like, and I was correct on that suspicion. <laughs> yeah. It's like I, I did. All of, both of our suspicions were confirmed about yeah. the film. Yeah. And for me, it was a lot of me kind of clicking my laptop going, mm-hmm. how much longer? Yeah. So okay. it's 10 minutes. So huh? we're still, still walking, huh? <laughs> huh? Cool. Still ambling. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, now they're, they're throwing food at each other. That seems like a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. It also seems like just a, like something they've already done at yeah. least twice that I can remember off the top of my head because she dumps Wheaties on his head at one yeah. point and then she spits olives at him. It yeah. seems like they're just kind of – we've seen that a lot already. Yeah. <laughs> She's very wasteful. Yeah. This person. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say there's like a couple of – there have been more than like one like really slick – transitions yeah that he did in the film that i'm like there you are he's showing but, off there but yeah. I, no, no, yeah. that's exactly yeah, oh yeah <laughs> that's kind of i feel like the thing with short films like this right yeah you, you gotta show off a little it's, bit you don't have any if it's your first one like the I, spielberg what he made the what was that first what was the weird like this kind of like the like the, i forgot the title of it right now like, but it, it, but it, the, basically the alien invasion he won yeah yeah, yeah but yeah. this was like his first thing that he would presumably show other people in the industry right right, right. um so it's like he doesn't have a reel, so like he, this film has to be his reel, essentially. Yeah. yeah, it's and I think that's kind of the purpose of the script, right? Yeah. Like, kind of, I, I I think your theory is on point. Hmm. Like, he saw there was a movement, and he saw that that's something that could be relevant, that could be interesting for a story due to 1968. This is how he shows that he's hip, essentially. Boom. Yeah, yeah there it is. Yeah. And so he does this story that's pretty simple. Very, very, very simple. Very simple. And easy to understand. He doesn't have to rely on actors knowing a bunch of dialogue yeah i think that's also a smart move mm-hmm. um doesn't have to he's not reliant on audio recording yeah another smart move yeah um and i say these are smart moves because as a person who, who does his own filmmaking as well audio is a people don't fucking realize how hard that part of it is it's so hard if you're recording <laughs> anywhere but like a completely sealed set there's so much bullshit that's going to try to be in your movie yeah. sound wise. Yeah. And it's yeah. so fucking hard to keep it out. Yeah. And then even if you are you get the audio, there's something could be going wrong with the equipment. Yeah. You could get some bad. It could be recorded wrong. Yeah. You're stuck with it. And like it just I, and that's always the first sign of amateur hour for me. Yeah. Because I've sit through a film and then the audio is garbage. Yeah. No matter how pretty your movie looks. Yeah. If you can't get your audio to sound as professional as you can get it, mm-hmm. I I can't treat your movie seriously. Yeah, oh, he's like like wants my foot to pet. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's being a real. He wants attention tonight. He's like, this is the last episode. Yeah. I need a show. I need <laughs> to, yeah, I need to be involved in the show as much as I can. <laughs> um, so I think it's like it is. So I think it's a smart move for him to go. All right, I'm gonna do a short film that doesn't rely mm-hmm. on dialogue. That I have to worry about recording. Yeah, performances I have to worry about rehearsing for now. And just show off how I do transitions, how I edit, how I film it, et cetera. Yeah. So, um, and that's essentially what the movie is. It's, yeah. It's a sh- it's a show off piece. Yeah. But I will admit, I it works for a show off piece. Yeah. Um, to pull up the one of the big stories is uh, uh one of the people who uh, uh, Spielberg was going to the uh, University of Southern California. Mm-hmm. And one of his teachers was, in fact, Jerry Lewis. He went to Cal State Long Beach for a bit as well, right? He did go to Cal State okay, Long Beach for a little yeah. bit. That's I, true. I, I, I wanted to make sure I wasn't misremembering that. No, 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 no. You're not wrong. Uh, but uh, he was learning film at the university at, U- at USC from Jerry Lewis. From Jerry Lewis, someone else I hate. So that makes sense. <laughs> uh, I think uh, a little. F- I I got a little hit from 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 your co-host Lindy about a, a specific movie you just watched. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. So I'm like. Called the Bellboy. Yeah, we watched that for our upcoming podcast, Dunstan Checks Men. Um, <laughs> so I've already got an idea. Like, wow, how about that? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what happened? He was giving you shit for no, no, for no. Like... He was no, no, no. Andrew told me like uh, how, uh, your uh, your reaction oh, to the Bellboy. <laughs> I was giving him shit. That's absolutely true. Um, you can hear me give Andrew shit about the Bellboy and Jerry, or the yeah, the Bellboy is what it's called, and, and Jerry Lewis who sucks in the in that ep- in that episode of for Dunstan Checks Men. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, Jerry Lewis was one of. Stephen's teacher releasing later this month. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he did. Uh, apparently, though, after he in 1968, he screened Spielberg's film uh, to his students and basically told them, "This is what filmmaking is all about." Hmm. Uh, and he then he added, "Like this film rocked me back. Spielberg displayed an amazing knowledge of filmmaking as well as creative talent." Hmm. And I will say that, like, you can kind of I can see it, yeah. even if I don't like the story, mm-hmm. even if I think the the story's okay and the pacing's a little long 
um, I could still sit there and go like, this is clearly though like, at least there's there's a skilled hand at work. Here. I can see it. Yeah. 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 Uh, I guess I'll give him that. <laughs> <laughs> um, any other thoughts you have on on um, Amblin? Because it's such a short. Thing. It's such a short thing. Yeah. There's not there's not much to draw from here. Um, yeah. I don't know. Not really. The who's the main kid in the movie? Because he looks a lot like a young Spielberg. <laughs> Funny Which enough, I thought was interesting. Funny enough, he was apparently a librarian he met huh. at the uh, Pasadena, I think. He's like, I don't know why, but I like the look of this guy. Yeah, no, no. Oh, <laughs> gee, Stevie, I wonder. Uh, yeah. Gee, Stevie, I wonder why. Yeah. Jeez. Um, yeah, he was. You've seen MacGruber, right? I have seen MacGruber. <laughs> very funny scene when MacGruber dresses um, <laughs> Kristen Wiig as himself <laughs> and then doesn't understand why he finds her so hot. No. <laughs> MacGruber's a great movie. Um, oh, he's. A, I'm sorry. Uh, the, rec- the actor is uh, Richard Levin, who worked at the library in Beverly Hills. Oh, um, fancy library. Yeah. And then uh, Pamela McMiller played uh, the great mysterious girl, mm. and she was actually a member of the Pasadena Playhouse. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, he gathered them up. Yeah, local L.A. people. Local L.A. people. That's a, that's a trip for me to think. Yeah. Like a young Spielberg in in LA in the 1960s, trying to find his, scrounge up his crew. Going to like local theater. Yeah. Groups, yeah. 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 Um, scrounge up his crew, scrounge up his, his cast in like wherever he could. Yeah. Um, that takes me weirdly back. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Um, apparently the film took eight days to make. That makes sense. And, uh, some and the crew kept leaving. <laughs> yeah. Throughout production. Cause they were shooting in the desert and it was 105 degrees. Uh, yeah. I bet. I bet that was pretty miserable. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Um, not fun. Yeah. A little, uh, uh, again, f- sort of uh, foreshadowing his, some experiences people might have on the set of Jaws. Mm-hmm. Um, just yeah. <laughs> miserable slog. Get, get used to the, get used <laughs> to the, to, to the, to nature not liking you while <laughs> yeah, making yeah. movies, Spielberg. <laughs> I mean, that's a sign that God agrees with me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> God has been trying to stop Spielberg all this time. Again, you wouldn't have to get Jaws. So, like, where's. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying. I do like Jaws. <clears throat> Quite a bit, as as we all saw in, in that episode. Um, Spielberg's sister, Anne Spielberg. I did notice some other Spielbergs in the credits. Uh, she was actually one of the people in production helping him out, too. Interesting. Yeah, I was wondering. Yeah. I, I figured that was someone related to him, but I wasn't Correct. sure Correct. Spot on. Yeah. <laughs> someone with the same last name might be related. How did I figure out that mystery? Um, she's also famous for being... A, she's a screenwriter herself and most famous for Big. Big. Yeah. That's a... Mm, I have to rewatch it. I don't know if that movie holds up. I liked it the first time, I, mm. first and only time I watched it. Um, Despite my famously not believing Tom Hanks is very good. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I disagree with that, but you know, <laughs> yet again, yeah. But, yeah, she wrote that. She wrote. She wrote big with Gary Ross, and uh, she also apparently was an uncredited writer for Small Soldiers. Interesting. Yeah. So she's she probably did a lot of like kind of like punch ups throughout yeah, her career. That makes sense. Um, Yes. So I mean here again, like not how much we can really say about the short. I feel like I, I, I got the gist. Do you as a throwback wanna do the thing an occasional feature of ours where we spend some time uh recommending movies we've seen recently? Oh uh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the yeah, I guess that's it on yeah. Amblin. It's like uh, final thoughts before we move to do that. Um Amblin, mm, it's 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 a slick show off a piece. It it does that job and, and not much else is is my short version of my review of Amblin. Same. So yeah. let's talk. It <laughs> cool. Let me just bring up my handy movie log. So you want to do the thing where we, we each recommend an old movie and a new movie? Yes, let's do that. It's cool. been a while. Though, I so. have my new one locked in. Okay, go ahead. Um, I it's it's out of theaters now. It came back for a week. Um, but it has technically been out of theaters for a while. It mm-hmm. came back for one week only. Um, sorry to bother you. Fucking rules. That movie is so good. Did oh my gosh. It? Yes. Um, yes. It's really <laughs> fucking good. Uh, and y'all should go watch it. Um, it's, um, how do I put this? It is, um, genius. <laughs> yeah. I will say that it's, it's a little sort of, um, I don't know. I feel like the pacing of it is a little weird sometimes, Yeah. but it's sort of, I don't know. It's a really exciting movie to watch because it moves really fast to the point that I, I think sometimes some stuff gets skipped over that maybe shouldn't, but it's also like everything in it feels so like important and good and relevant that like. I don't know. It's it it just it's it's sort of, you know. Yeah, there's some things that I I, I kind of wish were expanded upon more in the movie, but at the same time, it's like I'm you're just so fucking, it's so you're so stunned by what you're watching the entire time you're watching it because it is so fucking good. I, I feel like that's a movie that's gonna reward me the more times I watch it. Yeah. Um, and I've been and I 
I wanted to see it again before. Uh, it's you still have. To, I don't think the listener will by the time this episode drops, but it is yeah. still playing through the end of this week. Yeah, and at very least, I'll probably end up just getting it uh, yeah. for home video. But it's. Yeah, it's definitely a movie where I feel like it's... I remember the first time I watched it, I, I came home and went, I need so much time to process that. Yeah. And I think I even tweeted, like, I was not... I thought I was ready mm-hmm. for Sorry to Bother You. I wasn't ready for Sorry to Bother <laughs> yeah. You. To which I saw Boots Riley himself, like, retweeted my tweet about that. <laughs> Boots Riley, I, I follow him on Twitter. He, he seems to retweet anyone who's, who's mentioned Sorry to Bother You on yeah, Twitter. which I got no problem with that. Which, yeah, no, I, no. I love it. Um, uh so no, that's definitely uh, I highly recommend that one too. But uh, to do a separate one, I will say that it's the last big movie I did see is uh, is the is Crazy Rich Asians, and that movie doesn't need a lot of help right now. I, it's do it's killing in in the box office. But I I'm, I'm here. Uh, I would like I, I stepped away from the mic a second to let Nucky <laughs> out. Um, I would I would like to second that recommendation. I also saw Crazy Rotations and enjoyed it quite a bit. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a lot. I of would lot say really though, sort of um, ideologically uh, opposed. To, sorry to bother you. <laughs> and that is one film about how capitalism is evil, and one film that I that's literally the only thing I don't like about Crazy Rotations yeah. is it's sort of it's a a sci-fi piece that it, <laughs> uh, does it suggest a world where rich people are not inherently evil. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's a testament to how yeah. good the movie is that i i loved it like it's still really fun really works really well there's a lot of jane austen in the film yeah which i think is part of the reason i found the enjoyment of it Mm -hmm. um because i actually do like jane austen stories i i've never read jane austen i said yeah because it seems correct to me (laughs) i i I cannot actually verify that based on personal knowledge um so i know that's what i that's what i like most about it Mm -hmm. i i also into you know i I, it was a very important move for asian representation in hollywood and i know there was a big period of people arguing about like but this isn't my Asian American story. This is my but, and I sat. I'm sitting here on the side, going like, "Just let the movie come out first. Yeah, <laughs> then we'll watch it, and then we can see yeah. how we can discuss this. And uh, there, there's about two sequences in the film that I feel like is very important to remind people about the the Asian American experience, or just uh, just the Asian uh, immigrant experience. Yeah, and it's the beginning scene of the movie, mm-hmm. which I think nails it. Yeah, it's a it's a nice reminder of like what our characters we have to deal with mm-hmm. and there's a very important scene that i didn't because I, I didn't want to spoil that first scene yeah the but first scene is like you don't you don't you're not necessarily expecting it like based on the trailers and stuff when yeah. you go in but it it works really well in the movie. Uh, especially if you don't know anything about yeah. it yeah but yeah. this scene i do want to bring up because i feel it's very important and it's it's the scene where uh rachel constant's character is talking to her mom about before she heads off to singapore it's like mm-hmm. oh but i i'm i'm chinese and yeah. they're gonna love me because i'm like a college professor and etc and then immediately her mom's like you look Chinese, you can speak Chinese, but they will still see you as a foreigner. Yeah. And I think to me is the most universal second gen Asian am experience that I felt like is so important to nail. Yeah. Because as a person, as a Filipino American who grew up here mm-hmm. in the States um, and it doesn't know his language, mm-hmm. um, has only been to the country when he was a kid, but doesn't speak the language he was there. The fact that I will, there was, that's the story that I feel like is always the, the thing that no one addresses, even in Asian M movies. Yeah. Uh, independent ones, I might add, is that we're even, uh, the Asian M kids grew up, who grew up in the States, still feel like outsiders, even amongst people who claim to be their people yeah. or people who are their people. Yeah. And I can say I'm Filipino all day long to my face is blue. And then I know that, but there will be other Filipinos who will look at me and go, yeah, but you're not like that Filipino. <laughs> yeah. And that's the that's just how that's just gonna be how it be how it is. So to sit through a major Hollywood movie, mm-hmm. and for that to actually be addressed, I was kind of like nearly like teary. I'm like, yeah. oh my god, <laughs> you did it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think talks about representation movies are also a little weird because like. I feel like that's a common complaint in in all groups. Um, yeah, yeah. It's like that. That's this is not my representation in the movie. This is this is someone else's Asian experience. But like, well, yeah. But your experience is never going to be on screen until you make a movie. No, exactly. Like the the fact that this movie is out there is like it creates opportunities for other Asian Americans to make movies that do show their experience. And then maybe if you're a filmmaker who's Asian American, maybe one day you can create the movie that is your experience. Yeah. I think. I don't know. People get hung up on that in a way that I, I think is really frustrating and, and counterintuitive to getting more diverse voices on screen. I 100% agree. Yeah. It's, there comes a point where I feel like we're so used to arguing and debating this because like, we have to. Yeah. But there comes a point where I'm sitting there and I'm like, 
this is not the conversation. Yeah. You know? <laughs> we're, we're, you're fighting. You're still fighting. And I'm, I'm here to tell you, no, 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 no. You have to stop fighting this thing. Yeah. Because if you do this thing, then the other things will help us out. Yeah. So just focus and yeah. see what the benefit is. Look at the bigger picture. Yeah. Then, then we demand more. So yeah. it looks like the, the how well the movie's doing, they're they're making more, mm-hmm. not just crazy rich Asian movies, but yeah. Like I saw, apparently I heard about a a family of movie a TV show that's in Hawaii that's going to be an almost all Asian AM cast. Yeah, that will that will have like both like you know the Hawaiian people and Filipino characters in the script. And apparently that pilot is fast tracking it now yeah. because of the success yeah. of Crazy Rich Asians. So I'm like, this, this is why, this is why you should have, this is just shush yeah. and just let this be this thing first. <laughs> I feel like um, it, it's been a weird moment where I think like with Crazy Rich Asians, with Black Panther before that, mm. I feel like people are suddenly realized like, oh shit, people who aren't white spend money at the movies too. <laughs> Which it seems like it shouldn't <laughs> have taken them that long to realize. And I sort of, I... You know, I, I wish money wasn't the driving force, but again, that's just me <laughs> hating capitalism. Right, right, right. But it's, I mean, it, it is kind of exciting to be in this time where um, all the best, like so many great new movies are cropping up. Mm-hmm. And it's because people who previously didn't have opportunities are getting them. And it's, I don't know, it, it, it's good to see like um, this thing that a, a lot of us, um, a lot of people, I, I, won't, I won't be so mm. crazy to say us, but a lot of people have been fighting for it for years. Like, see it paying off like, yeah this is this is what happens when you let um different kinds of people make movies you get fucking really amazing movies yeah and it's and that's the thing i know some people were like do you I, I, it's funny because this is the second time i uh I, black panther and crazy rich Asians brought up in the same conversation yeah and i and i and it's i and i feel like they there is an element where they we have to discuss why they have to be brought in the same conversation mm-hmm. um they obviously aren't the same kind of movies no, they're, they're not at all different demographic different yeah. kind of thing but like what they both share is, look, just make a big, fun, entertaining thing. Yes. That just happens yeah. to star and represent a giant culture that doesn't get to be in these kind of things. Yeah. So for Black Panther, it's a huge Afro nation, Afro, future Afroism story yeah. that, ex- that, does some, that also somehow does both the African-American story and uh, both the African-American story and like an African story. Yeah. It does both. Like that was the thing that blew me away about Black Panther is yeah. that it addressed both, and I wasn't ready for that. Yeah. And then with Crazy Rich Asians, it's doing literally the same thing yeah. in that regard, but in a completely different genre. Mm-hmm. It, that one's romantic comedy family drama, mm-hmm. and they just happen to be very entertaining. Yeah. That's just that. My thing is trick people who aren't in that culture to watch a fun, entertaining movie, and then slip in. Yeah. A little bit about of that perspective. Mm-hmm while they're there yeah so you know i saw the movie with a with a like a packed audience for screening mm. and i looked around like there's a good amount of asian folks yeah and then non-asian folks yeah and we're all liking the film mm-hmm. S- side note uh there's a line about a character because uh, i live in or- uh, southern california orange mm-hmm. county area there's a line about a character going to cal state fullerton mm-hmm. for college yeah and i saw the movie at a theater in fullerton yeah uh, our crowd went nuts. I was, in, <laughs> I was in um, I was in Redondo Beach, which is not not even Fullerton, and our crowd still went nuts because I, it was close enough, I guess. Because wait, everyone at least people know about it. It's like yeah, Cassie yeah. Fullerton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, also a super on point joke because like there's a lot of Asian folks who go to Cal State Fullerton, so I'm like, that's pretty on point. It's the only funnier joke would have been if they went to Irvine. Yeah. <laughs> that's a little Southern California insider well, joke for so, you. SoCal humor for y'all. <laughs> Um, so yeah, go see both those movies. Yeah. Um, do you have an old one to recommend? Um, an, uh, old movie you've seen perhaps again or for the first time recently? Uh, I uh, did, a, did a little revisit mm-hmm. of uh, Escape from New York. Nice. How, how, how did that hold up? I still like it. I, I like it a lot. I don't love it as much as other John Carpenter movies with, with Kurt Russell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. That's a subcategory. <laughs> did, John, did John Carpenter also direct Escape from L.A.? He did. Okay. Have you seen it? I have seen it. I think I have I, not. I kind of feel like I have to do a revisit, but I also made the mistake of watching that first. Oh yeah. And interesting. It was, interesting. It was, it was kind of like, what is this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and I didn't quite get it. And yeah. now that, then I watched Escape from New York after that. And I went, Oh, I sort of get the other one now. I'm not sure if that's any better. Yeah. <laughs> so I like a lot of New York, but, uh, I'm a, I'm more of a, of a thing and big trouble of China sure. fan. So cause they're better movies. <laughs> 
I can make that argument. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I typically go for They Live. Um, oh, I love They Live. Which I would also argue is a better movie than Escape from New York. You know what? I will say Escape from New York is fun, but I think They Live and like The Thing are like some of his best. Yeah. Like those two are like top tier for me. Yeah. And then Big Trouble in China is just big joy for me. It's just so much fun. <laughs> it's just so much fun. Um, uh, how about you? Um, I watched it. It's not that old, but it's, it's you know, n- not a theatrical release, I guess, is the point of this. Um mm-hmm. It's a movie called Are We Not Cats? Have you heard of this oh, movie? No. Um, this was on. I I, I tried. A, I did a free trial of Shutter. I guess I'm plugging Shutter right now. Oh, I tried Shutter too. Yeah. <laughs> um, this was just a random movie I found on Shutter. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's about these two people that eat hair. Um, okay. <laughs> so there's this, it's this guy. He like he just has like a nervous tick. He picks his beard and he eats the hair. Um, then he meets this girl who's like really into eating hair. Um, and I don't want to give away the ending. It's um, it's on Shutter. It's not quite a horror movie. I would say it's just a it's a a movie with a lot of horrifying imagery. Okay. A lot of disturbing imagery. So be warned um, if you go in to watch it. Um, it's just a really fucking weird movie. Um, it reminds me a lot of a movie that I think I recommended on this podcast before called Anti Birth, um, which I really yeah. liked. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I sort of really like this this genre of like kind of low budget. Um, sort of horror movies just where it's just sort of you know maybe there's not much of a like are we are we not cats doesn't really have a strong plot like the plot is this this the guy um he he's living in this big moving truck that he inherited from his father and he, he needs a job and he hauls up to this weird place in upstate new york where it's like a small town where there's not many people here but one of them is this girl who loves eating hair um, <laughs> and it's just really sort of dingy and and gross and but just a lot of really strong aesthetics okay um in a way that's really interesting to watch cool. um, okay. i i it's it's a really i i can't guarantee that you'll think it's good or bad what i can promise is that it is interesting it's a it's worth a view yeah okay um, that's sometimes not bad sometimes yeah like that's still a high rack in my opinion it's like, yeah it's worth watching yeah <laughs> um so yeah check out are we not cats um it's on shutter if you if you've never used it before you can see it for free for a free seven day trial i just tried it uh i just tried shutter and uh, i only thing i got a chance to watch was mayhem oh with Steven I, Yoon. yeah um i did not know he was in sorry to bother you by the way that was yeah. exciting to see i really liked him in sorry to bother <laughs> yeah you. i thought he was great yeah i like that he also he had star trek sideburns he did <laughs> which i thought <laughs> it looks a good look on him <laughs> He does it. That's true. Yeah. Um, he is also. I I hadn't seen him since Walking Dead. I feel like he kind of he buffed up a little bit. Weird, right? He's like, yeah. He's like, he's like well, a sexy guy now. Yeah, Not yeah. That he wasn't before, but but like he got like sexier when yeah, he left. Yeah. The, when he left at when he left the dead. You yeah. Know? <laughs> um. So yeah, I have actually have a weird Steven Yeun story real quick. Oh yeah. Because well, might as well. Like sure. I I yeah, I, I, I stopped watching the show a while back. So but, did I. Um. But I I remember I was in I was in like in Little Tokyo. And I'm just like enjoying our coffee, and then all of a sudden I, I see a guy walk by me, and then I realize like, oh, Stephen Yoon, oh. that's interesting. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> it just it, oh, it, he wasn't in Atlanta. That was the cue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was yeah. like right away. I went, oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> and then like immediately, like the following week, I was like, oh, he signed up for two more movies now yeah <laughs> well okay i guess i know what's happening next <laughs> yeah um i mean i guess that wasn't a huge secret like anyone who read the comics knew that he was probably gonna go at some point but spoilers it, for walking dead i guess i guess was, yeah. but it was also kind of weird yeah sorry about that <laughs> <laughs> this isn't been on walking dead but yeah. um didn't, I, I wasn't watching the show but didn't they do a weird thing where they they like definitively killed him off and then but then the next episode were like just kidding but then like a few episodes later they did kill him off yeah they, no i think they did a psych out kill like a weird thing yeah that pissed everyone off yeah. which only made me happy because yeah. like, that means you all love glenn yeah <laughs> um that's great but yeah. no no um yeah no i think that's no no uh yeah i they were, they were never also 100 with that comic anyway sometimes like i cared yeah from, yeah true it was like, like dale like died very sorry about that yeah dale so died very differently from the comic than he did in the show and andrea then, as well shane for crying out loud yeah, lasted shane. way longer than comic shane yeah um so aside from that, <laughs> I guess I want to uh, go back into what. Uh, how do we you know, just go back to Spielberg again? Oh sure. You know, um, not you know because we're done with talking about animal. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I mean, like you know, we, we we've been doing this show for now for a, a while. Yeah. Um, what is your general feeling about now that you've done the entire oeuvre mm-hmm. from beginning to end? I think know? I like him less. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> That's not shocking though. But yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, I feel like. 
there are obviously movies of his that I love. I love Jaws. I love um, Nina Jones. I love a lot of the movies he's produced. But I don't know. I, I, I look at the overall arc, and I, I, I see a trend, a trend towards uh, movies that I just don't think are very interesting. Um, I think more and more now as I, as I, as I, as I get older, and, um, <laughs> as, I, as I wilt, um, uh, movies are just so much better to me if they're interesting, um, mm-hmm. whether or not they're good or bad. And I feel like his movies uh, as a whole represent this sort of, um, they, they kind of remind me of Amblin, to be honest. They're, they're movies that are sort of solid, they're sturdy, they're reliable in a way, um, but they're typically not very interesting. Um, even ones that I sort of like, like I like Lincoln, but I mean, what, what, I, I don't know. I don't know what that does that we needed, you know? Sure. I, I don't know what that contributes that, that um, hadn't been done before. Sure. Um, I, I don't know how that advances the art form in a way mm-hmm. that like, I think that's one of the things that, to tie it in um, that was so exciting that sorry to bother you. It's, it's far from a perfect movie, like I said, but it's just so exciting how, aggressively it's moving forward um with ideas that can be in and i guess i wouldn't quite call it a mainstream film because it was like a limited release and, right. and, and maybe not a lot of people saw it but um but i mean it's it's still i would say it's still pretty mainstream like lakeith seinfeld was it was just in get out which was like an oscar nominee like yeah it, like tessa thompson is a huge star like uh, um people are definitely paying attention and i just feel like spielberg it's not only that Spielberg doesn't do that it's that he's the opposite of that in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways um that I I just I don't know I I find it hard to engage with his work as a whole for that reason okay I think that's not a bad statement about that I um obviously I I I enjoy more of his work than you Mm -hmm. I think it's been established (laughs) yeah I think it's been well established um that's but I think part of the reason I wanted to do this sort of journey with you Mm -hmm. um when like I pitched the show to you yeah. a long time ago yeah. was I what would happen if we just sat through it all together? Yeah. And would that change your opinion or my opinion on him? And the hilarious part is it didn't. Well, I mean, it <laughs> well, did. It just my, I went more in the direction well, I already was. Let me okay, let me amplify it. Yeah. It just amplified yours, yeah, I yeah. guess. <laughs> but you're still kind of remain what you've stayed in every episode. Yeah. And I find fascinating for me is that like I don't think I love him anymore. I appreciate some things more than mm-hmm. uh some things here and there more. Yeah. But I could say I think you're I think you're not wrong mm. in your feelings of how does he push the medium forward now? Yeah. In comparison to say like a Boots Riley. Yeah. Um, or even a Jordan Peele in terms of like what do they do and compared to what he does. And Spielberg Spielberg is the Hollywood rock. Yeah. And f- for better or for worse. But I mean I don't I, I even like it's I, I don't think it's necessarily fair to compare um him to them now because He's not not to you know not to be dark here, but he is. I think it's fair to say that he's closer to the end of his career than he is to the beginning. Sure, and sure. I don't think you know I don't think anyone is that revolutionary towards the end of his career. But I I, I think even when he was young, like I I I just don't think I I think his movies were have always been geared that way. I, I here's in, in a I, way that I find frustrating. It's fair <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for me in terms of his later work because I I can definitely say it was like. You know, it was it was an interesting journey up until like Schindler's List, right? Yeah. And then you know, you and me generally really like Schindler's List, and then after that mm-hmm. is where you can see my opinion of him was touch and go. Yeah. And that definitely felt like there was a marked change after Schindler's List. For yeah. Sure. Agreed. And I think that's sort of what that's what's fascinating to see a a, a filmmaker's like kind of track record. Mm-hmm of what they were thinking, how they wanted to view themselves, what kind of movies they wanted to do. And that was, it was fascinating to me that after, after Schindler's List, he seemed like he struggled mm-hmm. on how to, on what to do next. Yeah. And that fascinated me as just like a, as a, as just in terms of like a, like a, just tracking somebody's life yeah. and career. He, you can, you know, the fact is like Lost World, which is to me one of the dullest things he's ever made <laughs> yeah and that's saying a lot it's <laughs> filled with dinosaurs <laughs> but it's one of the dullest things he's made because that's the movie to me where i felt like he that's my first sign and i was surprised because it's only through the show mm-hmm. i could have realized as i'm watching lost world i went 
oh my gosh, this is the first time I've ever seen you not give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're on autopilot and you could give zero shits about this movie. Yeah. Whereas, like, at least Amistad had moments of interest yeah. and I could see it. Mm-hmm. It I don't love it that much, but I'm more engaged sure. than, than Lost World. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, we get touch and go here and there. Like, you know, I don't want to go through every movie again, but I will say, like, there are movies I like a lot more. Mm-hmm. There are very few movies I love as much as his early movies. Yeah. I think that's the clearest thing I could state. Yeah. With no... As I like Catch Me If You Can a lot more than you do. It's a bad movie. Terrible but movie. <laughs> I still hate The Terminal, so this is... Terminal's, this is, terminal's a fun film. I just wanted this one more time before you <laughs> retire the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But... Um, uh, our, our, our iconic opinions... <laughs> Um, but also, like, I will admit that, like, at the end of the day, like, none of the later movies post Schindler's List do I put in a higher standard mm-hmm. than the ones before it. Yeah. You know, and I don't put everyone before it. Um, but, you know, Jaws as well. Yeah. Raiders as well. Um, Schindler's List. Um, even the first Jurassic Park, I still have stronger memories over the ones following that. Yeah. And I hate Jurassic World so much. I know he didn't do anything with that. Jurassic World is so bad. Did you, so see, stupid, did you end so up stupid. seeing Fallen Kingdom? Fuck no. Oh, God. <laughs> I envy you. I envy you so much. I ended up seeing Fallen Kingdom opening day. Not on uh-huh. purpose. I Sometimes, because I have I had Movie Pass, I now have AMC's thing. Movie mm. Pass sucks. Fuck Movie Pass. Hashtag fuck Movie Pass. That's totally fair. Um, <laughs> but I, I sometimes do a thing called movie that I call Movie Roulette, where I go to a movie theater and I just see literally the next movie playing that I haven't seen before, mm-hmm. because I have, uh, you know, I have a pass that allows me to do that. Um, and I went there, I went to the theater, checked what was playing, and I was like, God damn it. <laughs> I'm, I guess I'm seeing Fallen Kingdom. I, I sort of like the idea of that game, Movie Roulette, and mm-hmm. yet it's only ever led me astray. <laughs> that, that's why I saw The Hitman starring Ryan Reynolds and Samuel Jackson. That movie was a real turd. Um, God, don't, do, don't live the way I live, folks. <laughs> it is the real lesson of this podcast. Learn from my mistakes. Oh, my God. <laughs> um please because i avoided that that second yeah, you, you did the correct thing <laughs> it's like justin like... <laughs> it's worse it's worse than jurassic world that's crazy because yeah. i hate i want to bring up i i think i've said i'm not sure if i've ever said this on our show i think you have that we that we were too kind to it in okay. our initial review okay because we, we were super too kind <laughs> yeah. to it and that movie festered <laughs> I, I will say that I, I i think some of the nice things we said i don't think we're wrong necessarily i think there are action pieces in that movie that are well shot sure um it's a pile of garbo that movie. It's it's so bad though. Like the, those action sequences don't make up for the fact that the movie is a fat brick of shit. Um, I got no problem disagreeing with you on any of this yeah. stuff. So that's totally fair. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> going back to where we were. Uh, so yeah, I I do feel like um, I will say this. Like you know, for example, like the movies this year mm-hmm. that we covered. Um, Specifically, Ready Player One. Now, I do feel like I wasn't hard enough on that movie. No, that's fair. I would like to, I wish I could go back and be more mean to it. I, 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 it's a movie that I, at the time, I liked enough, and I even saw it twice with a friend, but I will admit that it doesn't stick with me. Do you? And I do feel like a lot of that comes from the fact that, like, I'm feeling the age of everyone involved. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's definitely, and I dressed in in the episode, but I'm like, it's definitely a movie written by a bunch of older white guys yeah let me pitch a fix for ready player one for you let me pitch a, a some a, a ready player one au for sure, you sure sure um so i i th- i haven't read the book but mm-hmm. based on what i know about it i think i would probably hate it um so i asked myself no you'll hate it Trust yeah me. <laughs> <laughs> i asked myself how do i pull a good movie from this and i think i think the situation in which i could see ready player one being an enjoyable property is if it came out in like 2003 i know this timeline doesn't work for when the book was written yeah. like 2003 stars shia labeouf and is directed by some fucking no name like someone who's just like a jobber someone who's like they can shoot the movie and it'll look okay yeah because i feel like I feel like that. I feel like that's the height of its potential. Is like a <laughs> is like an okay 2003 Shia LaBeouf movie. Because <laughs> uh, sometimes you want that, you know. Yeah, sure. What did I see recently that I didn't know Shia LaBeouf was in? Constantine. That it's was right. a real surprise to me. That he was Shia the LaBeouf, taxi driver. Yeah, like the one taxi driver in L.A. Yeah, who <laughs> was like maybe sort of Constantine's protege, but like not Constantine didn't want him to be, but he yeah. kind of was anyway. Um, that was a real, that was a pleasant surprise to see Shia LaBeouf turn up there. Oh gosh. I totally, yeah. As soon as you were like, what? Yes. Yeah. Constantine. Yeah. That's right. 
He was in that. Sometimes you need a little early to mid OO Shia. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it'll just it'll hit you real good. That period before he got too into himself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, like he, like the Shia LaBeouf that was in iRobot. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> who I'm thinking of. Yeah, that Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. I yeah. hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, that I. We'll see what happens when yeah. we get further Spielberg movies in the yeah. future. But like right now, I feel like I'm any excuse to watch some of my favorite movies of all time mm-hmm. is, is is not a bad excuse. Yeah. Uh, but certainly, yeah. As I I'm tracking, it was fascinating as a as a, as a person who's aspiring to do filmmaking mm-hmm. as well. It was fascinating to see someone else's career and someone who's as as synonymously big as Spielberg. Yeah. His career. Uh, go through the motions yeah and try to find himself after his high point yes um also like i guess for me it was like uh i mean yeah, i guess i was sort of also fascinated on the idea that like like he's still i still always hope that every time a new movie comes out and this is the hell i live in mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that every time a new movie he will direct comes out yeah i always have that small very st- very naive hope that he'll make something that I will love as much as I used to, yeah. which is ridiculous to ask because yeah. I am in my thirties. I am gotten more cynical. Yeah. I've gotten more jaded, and here I am hoping that the next uh, Spielberg movie is going to make me feel the way I used to, and that's silly. But I, 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 I feel like it's possible. Possible. I say that mostly as someone who has loved Star Wars her whole life and who for whom The Last Jedi is her favorite Star Wars movie. I, that's, I think that's why I think that's possible. I do love The Last Jedi. I won't point that out again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this show will take any opportunity it can for both of us to say that The Last Jedi fucking rips. It's a good movie. Because I got. I feel like I have to, you yeah. jerks. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, I, uh, I, I do feel like uh, this part of me has to... Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We'll yeah. see. But I've... I uh, I don't I don't I'm not hopeless about yeah. that thought, but I've yeah. also kind of learned that like don't expect it every time, mm-hmm. you know. So there we go. That's our thoughts on Spielberg. Yeah. This has been Ben View on Spielberg. But before we go, yes, one more thing. One more, th- Josh. One more thing. <laughs> Who knew that was gonna be one of our favorite apps? <laughs> I know. Fucking Columbo was so good. Um. Um. We're not done. We're not done. We're not done. As podcasters, we are not done. No, as co-hosts, we are not done. This is correct. So, uh, Emily, what's what's in the docket? What I, do we feel is coming up next? Um, I, what do I? You're asking me what do I feel is coming up? No, next. what do you? What, what can you say? What we, can you? We what know you, what's coming up next. Well, I know what. No, but like we haven't actually said this on the show. True, but so, I mean, but I mean, I know what's coming. I up know next. what's coming up next. That's are, true. Are you are y'all ready for me to reveal it? Godzilla. That's right. Yeah. I'm going to try to, if I, if I'm not too lazy, I'm going to drop in the, the Godzilla, like the, the Godzilla da, sound. Da, da, of the, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. So, so if you heard that, I wasn't lazy. If you didn't, it yeah, happens yeah. to the best of us. <laughs> Fair enough. So no, um, we haven't, we haven't hammered at the deets. No, we're still working on that. Yeah. Uh, but the next show will be us tackling every every godzilla every godzilla yeah i i am i'm excited yeah <laughs> i think it's gonna be an interesting dynamic because i would say on the whole you know more about the franchise than i do but i also know that you have seen in fact every single movie yes which, which you I have, have not which i have not yeah but i also like didn't grow up watching it at all I, i've seen every movie but i watched them all in a two-week period in 2014 <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember it was just like, yeah, you you even wrote an article about it on it for H. The Guardian, yeah, yeah. and it's just like you mainlined Godzilla. <laughs> it's it's easy to do, honestly. The Godzilla <laughs> movies fucking rule. There's not there's not an uninteresting one in the batch. I'll say that I won't is say, a, that's a hundred percent correct. <laughs> I won't say there's not a bad one in the bunch because there is, but yeah. <laughs> but there's not one that's not interesting in the bunch. Um, that will launch sometime next year. Mm-hmm. So you know, so we'll we'll actually take a break the rest of the year. Yeah, and uh, you know, re- recoup and we'll figure out and hammer out the deets of the show. Yeah. Um, even what the show's title is gonna be. Yeah, which we're not ready to drop yet. But no, not yet. Um, but yes. Yeah, we'll be back soon. Yeah. So, you know. Someone already has a podcast called Podzilla. But I know what y'all are thinking. That's why the show's not called that. Yeah, it's no, no. Look, someone snatched that up real yeah. quick. So, don't worry about it. We're not going to use it. We're not going to use it. I, I know <laughs> I've 
and I know you don't want to do this, so I because I pitched this to you before, and I don't mm. think you were on board, so this <laughs> won't be the title. Mm. But I, I, without knowing anything about that other podcast, whether it was good or not, I do want to call our podcast Podzilla Raids again <laughs> and pitch it as a sequel to that other podcast, <laughs> which I like, we have no affiliation with. <laughs> which we don't even know if they actually do. They even talk about Godzilla on that show? I, they must. They can't call a show Podzilla and not talk about Godzilla. I don't know. That could be such a generic That's name true. for them. That could is just... true. <laughs> well, maybe I'll do some investigating. <laughs> or we could just do it in the Italian style and just call it Podzilla 2 in the same way that, like, you know, the Italian zombie movie was just called Zombie 2. We, we could just throw because our... Because Day of the Dead, or Dawn of the Dead was called Zombie. Well, we could just, like, throw our our, uh, our superiority and just call it Podzilla King of the Podcast. Oh, <laughs> no! like that. What if we just call it the real Podzilla? Ooh. <laughs> um, no, we'll figure out a name for it. Yeah. Um, and I, I hope y'all, y'all join us for that one. Mm-hmm. Um... Emily, where they can find you on your social media? They can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and now Twitch at Very Cool Emily. That's right, you've been twitching. I've been, yeah, I stream three times a week now on nice. Twitch. I just did it today. I streamed a little Sonic Adventure two today. Um, How's it going for you? It's going pretty well, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I hope y'all listen and get a chance to tune in. Um, yeah, it's weird. I, I realized today that to the three games I'm streaming right now, I, I continue each each week are um, Sonic Adventure two, Yakuza zero and um, Fallout New Vegas. And I realized it is odd for me, a lifelong Nintendo fan, that two of the three games I'm streaming are Sega games. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know how I found myself in this place. Um, Lifelong Nintendo fangirl. um, She currently has a box of Super Mario cereal on her book, on her shelf. I have Super Mario cereal on my shelf uh, next to the Japanese poster for the live-action Super Mario Bros. movie, next to a stack (laughs) of N64 games that have been in regular rotation since they came out. And yet you're... you're, On my shelf, I have uh, Donkey Kong Pez dispenser, along with Mario and Luigi action figures. I have two Waluigi Amiibos. Um... (laughs) And I have a, a stuffed bomb. Like, there's so much. I have a, I, like looking in my closet. I can see my Pokeball skirt. There, I have a Waluigi poster sitting on the ground. Like, I have so much Nintendo shit. It dominates so much of my life. And I'm like, hmm, what should I stream? Oh, only Sega games, apparently. <laughs> um, but you can find all those at twitch.tv slash verycoolemily, um, which is also my Twitter and Instagram handle. Um, I host another podcast that should be out next week. Well, by the time this drops, it should be out next week. It's called Dunstan Checks Men. I host that with Andrew Lindy, who um, you will talk about a show you do with him in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, we watch one minute of Dunstan Checks In, the 1996 ape comedy um, starring Jason Alexander and uh, an orangutan. <laughs> um, and we pair each minute with um, a, another full-length feature film. Much like a, a food with a fine wine, we suggest a full-length movie that would pair well with the minute we're watching. That's a good, that was a cool angle, my yeah. dad, just so it's not just another minute discussion. Purely to give us something to talk about that's not Dunstan Jackson for a little bit of the podcast, because that movie is not as good as Super Mario Brothers. Um, but you can also listen to the Super Mario Brothers minute. It's finished now, but the whole archive is still up. Where I watch that movie minute by minute. It's a much better movie. <laughs> Uh, also, I'm going to make a wild statement right now. Sure. Super Mario Brothers, better movie than anything Spielberg has ever directed. Well, that's... <laughs> that is staying on brand, Emily. The fucked up thing is that I do believe that. I believe you believe that. That's... That's... Even Jaws, really? Even Jaws. That's cr- I wouldn't have said that before the podcast, but now that I've spent as much time with the movie as I have, I'm going to say so, even Jaws. so burned into your brain. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a testament to Super Mario Brothers that, for, for those who don't recall, the part of that show was I would watch each minute yeah. the number of times that it is. So, like, five oh, minute gosh. 100, we watched it 100 times. Yeah. Um, the fact that I that through all of that, I never got sick of the movie is a testament to how good that movie is. I, just, I go back to like a uh, mutual friend of ours, Victor Perfecto, tweeting mm-hmm. uh, when like he retweeted one of your tweets about watching like the Super Mario Bros. movie, like what at midnight at Comic Con? Yeah, and like I think Victor and that was after the podcast was finished. Yeah, by the way, yeah, yeah, I did. I had no commitment to do that. I just wanted to. No, okay, okay, so. A minute with the, before Vic came, I came home from a long day at con, saw you and Andrew leave, and where are you guys going? Yeah, Let's watch Super Mario Bros. screening. Yeah. What, what was I wearing, by the way? Uh, you're wearing your Daisy outfit. Yeah, I was cosplaying as Daisy yeah. <laughs> from the Super Mario Bros. movie. And I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just came home from a long day, and yeah. you're both like, yeah, we're gonna watch it. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And so to to tweet 
the, to reference Victor's tweet, uh, he saw that you were tweeting that you were there, and Vic retweeted like, "If anyone could love as much, if anyone could love <laughs> anything, anything as much as Emily loves Super Mario Bros. the movie, you'd be a lucky person." <laughs> <laughs> it's you know. It's, it's I found my calling. In life. Uh, and here's how deep my love for that. You probably didn't notice because it was very subtle. I was imitating a pose Luigi does in the movie when I was talking about the movie because it's just like the movements of it are so burned into my brain. Oh, I'm sure you can rewrite the whole script from a memory at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be. I'll do that just as a solo podcast. It's just me trying to remember. God, oh. I love that movie so much. <laughs> Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Justin Quiz and uh, Twitter at Justin Kizad. Um, yes, I do another show on this network called Nothing New with Andrew Lindy of Remake Podcast. And uh, our most recent episode was on Fahrenheit 451 uh, with special guest Alex from uh, Ready, Set, Geek and Geek K. Uh, no, Geek KO, but the uh, Geek Say What Network. Yeah. Um, and She's uh, really great. And I will, I will second a recommendation for her as a guest on a podcast. She's Yeah, I don't know. She did a really good job in that app, too. Uh, especially someone who, who didn't like the book. So <laughs> we were like, well, this will be fun. She's bringing some of that Emily shitting on the things to us. <laughs> it is a recurring thing when I'm on um, Ready, Set, Geek that her and I agree on a lot of things. So that makes sense that <laughs> she would be the one to come on the podcast and shit on the thing. She brought that up yesterday. Yeah, did she? <laughs> um, I also do uh, weekly live streams for that hashtag show, hmm. uh, in which I talk about Japanese superheroes on a show called Henshin Hangout, and that's weekly. I'm there. I'm trying to be there as much as I can. I'm mostly there every every week. Uh, we do one-hour streams. Join us if you are somehow watching the current Comrade Show and the current current Sentai Show. If those words mean anything to you, and <laughs> <laughs> um and uh, da da da, Agents of Guard is still up, and I swear to god we're writing stuff again actually I, I even have an article that i'm still in the process of finishing up nice. and i co-wrote and co-created a web comic with my friend who i just mentioned earlier victor perfecto uh on a comic series called shining yusha which is available free on tumblr also i'm still a producer associate producer for lumpia with a vengeance our feature film uh and we need funding still to finish the movie we have three days to finish oh wow uh so if you look up lumpia with a vengeance uh find out about how to join how to help fund the film through film independence website that we're going doing I it through. Say this probably won't release for more than three days that's fine we're still gonna need it okay no 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 <laughs> knowing how the knowing how the but how the funding for that movie's been yeah it will still this will help um get out there folks get out there fund and the if, if you fund the movie through that website it will actually be tax deductible nice so anything that it'll help you out help yeah. us out that's that'll do it. Pig. No, I'm not calling you a pig. It's just when you hear that'll do. Bing. The the Bing. brain naturally wants to fill it in with pig. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll do it. Um, thank you for joining us. We will be back with whatever the next Spielberg movie. Justin is. Justin and Emily will return in West Side Story, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see you when we see you.